Hello and welcome to the ninth episode of Figure It, the podcast where we look at the facts and statistics on Cyprus and figure out what it all means. My name is Fiona Mullen and I'm the director of Sapienta Economics. Today I'm going to be looking at the economy of Northern Cyprus and specifically the recent protocol with Turkey with Dr. Mustafa Besim. He's the Professor of Economics at Eastern Mediterranean University and also the Dean of the Faculty of Business and Economics. So you must be a busy man, right? <laughs> so thank you for spending time and coming on the program. Um, Mustafa and I, we've also co-authored more reports on the economic opportunities of United Cyprus than, uh, than I can even remember now. I'm running out of uh, losing count. If only they'd listened, we probably wouldn't have this conversation. We also did a paper on the banking sectors on both sides. That was before the Greek Cypriots went a bit crazy and started investing in Greek government bonds. But anyway, welcome to the programme, Mustafa. Thanks for coming. I'll just do a little bit of background on the economics of both economies, just so we can get some perspective. In more normal times, so pre-COVID and pre-Turkish lira depreciation, the size of the economy in northern Cyprus was about three and a half billion, compared with about 20 billion in the south. And the latest statistics give a population of about 380,000 in the north and 900,000, that's from the latest census for the south. That's, a, that's right, isn't it, Mustafa? Yes, it is. North, yeah. uh, yes, it is, Fiona. And thank you for the invite. Uh, I'm happy to, to hear from you again. And uh, it's nice to be with you, as usual. Yes, it's been a, been a while. So even in normal years, you have what is called a protocol between Turkey and Northern Cyprus, where Turkey pledges, but it doesn't always give, something we can talk about later. It pledges a combination of grants and loans to Northern Cyprus. So the grants generally are for the police, the Turkish Cypriot armed forces and infrastructure like roads and I suppose hospitals as well these days. Um And then it gives credit, so loans, which are normally denominated in dollars, for direct budgetary support. So that's any money to pay public sector servants and so on, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes, uh, the the form of the financial assistance in in two ways. Actually, this has uh, started to be so since two thousand nine. Before that, uh-huh. it was uh-huh. more in uh, in a grant form. But right. uh, since 2009, when the two governments decided to have a more structured uh, protocol and agreement, they mm-hmm. decided that they would be only giving grants for infrastructure, uh, defense and other areas to support the real sector, the industry and right. others. Whereas if you have certain uh, deficits in your own budget, with your uh, you know salary payments and other transfer payments then we would only be turkey said we would only be giving you financial assistance in terms of loans and as you know to those loans are in dollars mm-hmm. and uh, as you know the main reason why they are in dollars is because turkey cypriots have never been paying back any of the loan uh-huh. that they yeah. got so uh, just in, in, in just to keep the value of uh, the loan that they have given uh, they uh, register it in dollars but that's yeah. another issue to be uh, discussed yeah. in other uh, that, that reminds me actually I, I know it's in the public domain because I've seen it somewhere but 
in the negotiations, there's this interesting phrase that says Turkey will be invited to write off debts, uh, yes. <laughs> debts accrued prior to the settlement. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, we cannot say that Turkey will uh, write off our debts no, because yes. they will decide uh, whether to write yeah. off or mm-hmm. not. Um, so before I start firing questions at you specifically about the protocol, I just wanted to do a bit of myth-busting for listeners, including Turkish Cypriots, because I quite often hear people saying Turkey hasn't given us any money at all or hasn't given us any money for years. And th- this is something I, I have to look at every month for my um, for my monthly Sapienta report on the economy and politics of both sides of the island. That's my shameless plug. Um, so what what I've noticed is there is money coming in, but it's very... There's three aspects of it that give this impression that there isn't any. One is um, it has generally been falling. So as a percentage of GDP, it peaked at 12.2% in 2013. By 2018, this had shrunk to 2.7% of GDP. It started to rise since 2020. You can uh, make your conclusions about what might have changed <laughs> in 2020 for that to be the case um but as we'll hear in a moment is is all of that money being spent in northern cyprus or is it some of it being spent in turkey that the second reason is that the revenue is very uneven in the way it comes it comes just for examples as of april this year nothing had come but in 2021, the biggest chunk arrived in December. So, so you can see it's sort of, you go for months on end with nothing and then suddenly you get a lump. And then the third reason is, um, let's say if you promise 4.25 billion, it never quite actually, they never quite get that much. I think, I think, I don't know, my, my calculation for the last couple of years is it's normally maybe two thirds of what's promised. But, yes. Uh, but anyway, that's enough from me. Let's yeah. let's talk into you. So just quickly, the protocol is 4.25 billion Turkish lira, which, depending on the exchange rate, is about 240 million yeah. uh, euros. We're going to concentrate mainly on the economic aspects. There are lots of discussions about the unusual social and political aspects. I think that may be covered by other podcasts. So so let's tell, tell us what are the main features in this protocol, Mustafa. Yes. Well, I mean, just before I go into the protocol, the point that you have underwritten is quite important that the financial assistance to Turkish Cypriots from Turkey has been declining. And in a way, this was the objective. I mean, when protocols were signed, you know, structured protocols starting from 2009, they had two main objectives. One objective, the first objective was to uh, empower and to strengthen the competitiveness of the Turkish Cypriot economy. And the second one is to achieve fiscal self-sufficiency. Uh, so in that respect, having lower uh, assistance from Turkey uh, is, is good. But the problem is, because since then, the support has not been really dispersed in a good way or has not been used mm-hmm. Properly and plus, Turkish Cypriots has not really done the reforms that they needed to do. The Turkish Cypriot economy, unfortunately, is still aid dependent. And when you look mm-hmm. at the growth numbers, they are quite highly correlated with the assistance from Turkey. When there is mm-hmm. a decline of assistance from Turkey, growth rates are also lower. 
So that right. proves us that in the last 10-15 years, unfortunately, Turkish Cypriot economy has continued to be aid-dependent. In addition to that, uh, as you stated, uh, this uh, support has not been really done in a, a sustainable way or on the right time when needed especially in the last years because of the COVID. Well, that there are a number of both political reasons. Secondly, we Turkish Cypriots have not really done the reforms that because they were conditional financial supports. Yes, I mean, sometimes it, to, yeah, it, it looks like a mini mini IMF report. Exactly. You know, so, mini IMF program, you will exactly. do this by the so period because, and so on and so forth. Because Turkish Cypriots have not really done the reforms needed, Obviously, Turkish government has not allocated those those funds. Certainly, uh-huh. Turkey also has her own problems, and yes. especially in the recent years, they are really in big trouble with the public finances. You know, the inflation problem, Turkish lira mm-hmm. depreciating. So there are a number of reasons why there has been fluctuations. But the, the thing here is that we as Turkish Cypriots should have been able to make uh, sufficient arrangements in a way that we would have sufficient funds to at least cover our basic expenditures. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. so far, we're not even able to make any infrastructure investments unless we get grants from Turkey. So in mm-hmm. a way, that's that's really very, very, very bad. I mean, that's, that is something that is very bad. Especially now, now with the electricity problem. I yes. Mean, the thing that really yes. needs investment is electricity. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you have mentioned that this year we haven't uh, had any support yet from Turkey. Actually, when you look at the numbers, we have had some support, uh, but those have been mainly for the, uh, the April uh, and Minister of Finance reports show that We have received about 40 to 50 million for the defense and security, which is Turkish lira, right? Is yeah. 194 million. Plus, in May, which has not been published yet, but it was all in the press, we received 560 million for the electricity. You know that uh-huh. uh, electricity sector in North for the production area, it is uh, nearly 50% privatized. We have a private mm-hmm. company uh, producing electricity and sells it to Kuptek, which is the public uh, yeah. electricity authority. So this is a- AXA or AXA? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It is AXA, yes. So the, because uh, Kuptek has not been doing well, they have not been able to pay AXA. And mm-hmm. uh, because of that, AXA has uh, slowed down the production. And that's why mm-hmm. we have electricity cuts. Uh, in yeah. the north. Inshallah, we won't get one while we're talking. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, well, uh, yeah, we, we do need uh, electricity now. So, in order to provide or achieve a sustainability or security in energy supply, Turkish government, within the framework of this protocol, have paid 560 million to Kıptek, and Kıptek obviously paid it to AXA. So coming to the protocol, I mean, in general, when you look at the protocol, it's it's quite good in a way that it has certain items that needs to be done. I mean, reform in the public sector, reforms mm-hmm. in the financial sector, you know, support. We're talking about achieving energy supply security, decreasing mm-hmm. the economy from being aid dependent from Turkey. 
integrating <laughs> the tourism sector with uh, the world and all the these are all you know they all sound good and these are the things that we have been hearing for some time we have no mm-hmm. problem with this and they really need to be done even we don't you don't have a protocol with turkey you can do this yeah. things many of them on your own but mm-hmm. there are some items there are some uh, measures which are not Uh, we, well, first, the economic measures, which I'm not very happy with. The first one is that they they envisage to promote use of more Turkish lira and mm. reduce the demand and use of foreign exchange. Now, this... Yeah, let me just okay. interrupt you there to listeners who might not know. So in Northern Cyprus, there's kind of four currencies in a way. Yes. So you might get your salary in Turkish lira, but your property is priced in British sterling Your car might be priced in euros, I think. Euros and, and British dollars. pounds, if it is second-hand yeah. car. And you and can pay in any currency, pretty much, yes. uh, if in a restaurant and stuff. Yeah. And and commodity yeah, prices are in dollars, you know, like iron, yeah, petrol, and all. Yeah, yeah. So we are a kind of a dollarized economy, as they say, mm-hmm. but we are more uh, sterlinized and euroized mm-hmm. uh, economy. Uh, and in the recent years, because of the instability in Turkish lira, obviously both businesses, households, they have been kind of keeping their uh, savings, uh, you know, mm-hmm. pricing their products more in foreign currency just to keep themselves going. Yeah, it's uh, huge. I mean, it's many, ma- many more deposits in foreign currency than loans. Yeah, in it's currency. 72% now. 72% of the deposits are in foreign currency relative wow. to 28% in Turkish lira, which is, which is quite normal. You can understand it. Mm-hmm. So the government is agreeing with Turkey to promote use of Turkish lira. And, you know, and I don't know how is that going to be successful because Turkey herself has not been successful with that. Mm-hmm. Turkey, they have encouraged use of uh, Turkish lira. They have uh, put certain restrictions, but they haven't been successful. And it's, it's basically because people do not have that trust in that currency. So what, what I mean to say is that there are good things which has to be done, but there are things that are not really uh, not, not are not really going to help at all plus what i was expecting in this protocol is to address some of the fundamental immediate problems one mm-hmm. of the main problems that we have is inflation and yes the, what was what was the last inflation rate 98.12% year on year so this is a very big problem in northern cyprus so i was expecting that this the very immediate and very serious problem would be addressed in the mm-hmm. protocol but i unfortunately mm-hmm. there is nothing that deals mm-hmm. with that and and then secondly i don't see any you know any support to private sector you know mm-hmm. public sector they have this cost of allowances uh, and you know index yeah. wages and all that but especially private sector workers plus businesses How are they going to manage this inflation and this, uh, the, you know, the, the, this uh, melting of Turkish lira? How are they going to order, make orders and make business? It's, it's mm-hmm. going to be quite a challenging for the business. The other thing that um, which I hadn't realized until relatively recently is that if you're uh, an importer in northern Cyprus and you're importing from Turkey, you still have to play in hard currency. It despite is. the fact that both, both parts use the lira. Yes. So 
Yeah. Well, so you so you get hits with every time there's yeah. a depreciation. You know, the both governments have tried to change that just to promote, you know. But the thing is, in Turkey, when companies export, they price things in mm-hmm. foreign currency, you know, mm-hmm. and for and they export to us as well. So nearly seventy to eighty percent of imports from Turkey are in hard currency. There are some imports from Turkey which are not hard currency. Uh, so, but at the end of the day, businesses they make a contract, and this contract is in foreign currency. And you cannot force people to change the contract in Turkish lira because mm-hmm. no manufacturer, no businesses in Turkey would want their invoice in Turkish lira because of the fluctuation in Turkish lira, which is mm-hmm. understandable. So in a way, I mean, in general, this protocol is something that we are very much used to. And there mm-hmm. are, as I said, good uh, things. But economically, it doesn't really answer or address to the main uh, issues like inflation, support of the, uh, support of the uh, businesses. And especially, as we know, it's... In inflationary periods, the most affected are the people at the lower class. Uh, yes, those yes. that have uh, fixed income at the lower, and this mm-hmm. is obviously going to create an income equality problem in Turkey. Yes, among Turkish yeah. and I don't see anything as such in that protocol either. Mm-hmm. So you would ideally you would have let's say targeted support for uh, low income groups and things like that. Yeah. Yes, we should have. Uh, and when you look around, when you look at Europe, when you look at other developed economies, they have particular par- packages. And I, I think Greek Cypriots also have uh, mm, yes, certain yeah. packages. And it is it is it is what it is, and that's what you expect from your government in these bad yeah. days. Uh-huh especially having this much of high inflation plus and by the way this is official inflation <laughs> and this uh-huh. inflation is still calculated using all consumer price baskets and you know right. that because of the covid the consumer basket has changed tremendously and uh-huh. when you look uh-huh. at the goods uh, food uh, inflation is more than 150% So uh, when you take out these cultural activities, you know, expensive uh-huh. mobiles, cars uh-huh. and holidays and other stuff, the inflation is higher. Yeah. Uh, so having this uh, as, a, as a big problem, I think it's going to create us a, a big issue. And the yeah. problem is that this inflation does not only, you know, uh, cause uh, erosion in the purchasing power of uh, households and everyone, But it also creates problem with fiscal finances, dealing yes. with tax evasion. You know, how can the government tax office solve the tax evasion problem with such high inflation? Mm-hmm. It would be mm-hmm. impossible. And the mm-hmm. other thing is the capital structure, the equity of businesses mm-hmm. is also melting because of this. So there are a mm-hmm. lot of diseases that are co- created by inflation. And obviously, this is uh, one of the main issues. Uh, in the protocol, there are also some items which are to do with uh, freedom of speech, some regulation for the trade unions, mm-hmm. which are non-economic, but for me they are more important because uh, uh, having such uh, items, having such uh, measures in a protocol called uh, economic and financial protocol is 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 questionable and this is something that turkish cypriots have not very much uh, liked 
so that's why we are kind of in streets. And today, this evening, yes. we are also going to have another event. Yeah, it seems that this this idea that social media posts will be regulated and yes. union and activities will be restricted Re is, restricted, uh, yes. let's so, say, unusual. <laughs> yes, very unusual. And why do we need to have those in the protocol? I mean, wh yeah. what, what is that? I mean... Isn't that something that you can do on your own if there anything yeah. needs to be done? Why do you put them in the protocol? Yeah. <laughs> so and the other thing, so going back to inflation, if you're, I mean, presumably it's the kind of, it, it will have the reverse effect. If you insist that the Turkish lira is used everywhere, you actually exacerbate the inflation problem, right? Exactly. Because I know um, people have been talking about actually we should just unilaterally adopt the euro and um, yes, and yes. fix our inflation problem. But, well, yeah. I mean, in general, from the theories and from the academia, we know that when you have a problem, inflation problem <laughs> in your country, uh, you know, there are two ways of solving it if you want to solve it. One is you print your own money. Okay, mm -hmm. and if you have good reserves and if you have someone to support you, you print your own money and you control your money supply. Mm -hmm. And the second is you fix your currency, if you have a currency, to a hard currency or yes. you convert to a fixed currency or a hard currency. So you convert mm -hmm. to a hard mm -hmm. currency. If you don't do this, any of it, then you cannot help. Yeah. You cannot do anything with the monetary policy. Are we going to, uh, I mean, we're not going to be uh, uh, solving the monetary problems or the inflation problem in Turkey. And we know mm -hmm. that the inflation, main source of inflation in North Cyprus is caused by Turkish lira because of yeah. the monetary policy that Turkey has chosen. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's mm -hmm. their choice. And, you know, okay, mm -hmm. it's their, but that choice, political choice, does not fit to Turkish Cypriots. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. that's what I that, that jacket that jacket is not fit for Turkish Cypriots. So mm -hmm. we have to do something about it. And because of that we have been talking about bilateral use of euro or at least for the start we could index our accounting unit of account and pricing everything to one single hard currency. At least that uh -huh. may give some uh, stability to the economy. Yeah. But this is obviously a political issue mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And it will have to be a political choice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it is very difficult. One thing I wanted to ask you, so there are some reforms requested for electricity. So, some yes. people have been saying they've insisted on privatization. As I understand it, that's not actually in the protocol, but maybe there's a plan it for is, privatization. It is in the so, protocol. I mean, when it I is, it, it uh, is in the, it is saying uh -huh. restructuring of energy right. sector. So that is, uh -huh. you know, that energy sector is three parts, production, yes. transmission, and distribution. At yes. the moment, production, 55% is produced by private sector, 45% by public sector. But the transmission and distribution is totally done by the public enterprise, Kuptek. Okay? Right. So right. what they want to do is they want to uh, increase the production of private sector, but mm -hmm. plus invite. They want to divide these three parts, components. Right, yeah. I mean, that, this is something that the state-owned electricity authority um, in the south had to do. But, but it's an EU requirement. You have to separate transmission, distribution, and, yes. uh, hang on, production. Production, transmission, transmission distribution. distribution. Regardless of whether you're private or not. So, yes. so that's why that's that's why unless that's why I was 
not sure it does it explicitly say privatization or it, let's say if you were going to privatize that's a step towards privatization right um, well in a way if if there is a feasibility study if it is well evaluated that privatization or whatever is going to be done will be to the benefit of all consumers of turkish cypriots i would support it but mm-hmm. we never do any appraisal we never do any evaluation mm-hmm. or what are the costs and benefits of right. you know making certain reforms and coming to the north cyprus i mean it's it's a very small economy as you said at the beginning mm-hmm. now we are not in you know europe with big companies where you could have transmitting number of transmitting companies you know uh, competing and so that the consumers would mm-hmm. benefit for that if we mm-hmm. are going to privatize we are going to give it to one company private company right. that's what it is right. or right. Uh, and that's what has been with petroleum you know mm-hmm. we had a public uh, petroleum company it has been mm-hmm. privatized two big companies in north took it over and they are a big cartel now they are a big oligopoly oh, now eh, and I think so, we have that kind of issue too <laughs> uh, so, so so we have to <laughs> be careful as they say. when we are doing that but i agree with you that there needs to be done there needs to be a separation of production this uh, transmission and distribution and kuptek herself they have their problems and it needs mm-hmm. to be they need to mm-hmm. be doing certain reforms Uh, the problem with the Kuptek is that they have not done proper reforms and because they have not done proper reforms they have not also been able to make proper investments also yes you no know, yes. electricity It's sector vicious, needs continuous investment but they haven't done yeah. that so uh, that's one of the thing and one more issue that i want to touch is that uh, the we have now and what we call additional budgets the existing mm-hmm. budget was 12.8 12.7 billion mm-hmm. and and that was prepared uh, before the start of 2022 but because of this inflation and this uh, problems the government has decided to introduce uh, or add a new supplementary budget, supplementary yeah. budget. and that increases the budget by 47% uh-huh. up to 18.8 billion wow so our budget is below inflation now right yeah <laughs> so so that's a pity the other problem with this budget which we all agreed that we need a supplementary budget our deficit in the budget is going to increase from 12 to 28% that's the general deficit the domestic right. deficit is going to increase from 24% to 38% of gdp gdp wow so, no, no percent of itself of itself ah, okay. So okay not gdp okay right. so what i want to <laughs> underline here is that because of the expansion in the deficit this also gives us a signal that the government will have to lean more on domestic financing mm-hmm. and that yeah. means that they will have to borrow more from the sector financial sector yeah. banking sector mm-hmm. and i am a little bit concerned that this will create a pressure on the banking sector because mm-hmm. the banking sector already is not quite interested in lending to the government given yeah, the instability in the government and given the performance of the government yeah so is it they, a um is it is it a 
international status thing? I, because if I understand it correctly, when a, in a, let's say, let's just say in the South for the sake of argument, when the government issues treasury bills um, and the banks buy the treasury bills, so it's lending to the government, there will be a, a law out there that they know they can enforce if they don't get their money back. So it, is it, so, so there's not only, we, we have unstable coalitions in the North and we have an unstable lira, but, but there's also potentially, but I don't know if this is the case, is, is there potentially also an enforcement problem? Certainly, yeah. I mean, that, that, I know, nobody from abroad buys these, right? So, uh, yeah, but, well, I'm not, uh, well, there is, there is, but I don't think the government can do that here in, in, uh, uh-huh. they, they will yeah. not. Yeah. And, 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 you know, banking sector, they are quite well in, in measuring mm-hmm. and, you know, the, the risk and everything. So uh, that's why they are not quite interested in bidding for the uh, bills, yeah. uh, for the yeah. lending. Uh, but, I mean, the government is saying that we are having this supplementary budget and they are talking about creating a package for the poor, which is good. <laughs> I uh, like that. Okay. Uh, you know, okay. the inflation problems that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, the government does not have anything to deal with the inflation problem with this budget. Either. Right. So there are quite a lot of uh, issues going on in the north in terms of this uh, new supplementary thought- budget now, and uh, it would be quite uh, interesting. <laughs> uh, it would be quite a challenge uh, for the government, and it has been, but it more challenge because inflation, uh, not like in the world. In the world, we see that, for example, in US, in other, we we see that it is starting to you know go down. Yes. Yeah, yeah so, if freight prices and things like yeah, that. Yeah, so it has reached to the peak, but in the case mm-hmm. of North, it hasn't yet. No, yeah. So uh, that obviously worries all of us. So, uh, so one, one other Fiona from the North. Yeah. <laughs> I got two two more questions, but maybe the second one probably we could do a whole podcast by itself because I know you've written about this. Um, but the the first one is. Is it, I, if I understand it, a big chunk of this infrastructure budget coming from Turkey will actually be tendered in Ankara. So, of course, yes. it's going to go to, to Turkish yes. companies who will bring the labor and the, and the materials and the and capital, everything. and then they'll take the yeah. profits back home again, right? So, okay, a new road might benefit the economy, but the actually, it doesn't necessarily create any local labor, is that right? Exactly, exactly. Not only local labor, you know, the issue of infrastructure investment is to create value added in the economy. And yes. if you are procuring 1.85 billion of your infrastructure out of 2.1 million, which is nearly mm-hmm. 90%, 80% mm-hmm. of your uh, investment projects in Ankara, that will mean that the labor capital and also the invest uh, returns are all going to be going to Turkey. Right, back to Turkey. So, yeah. so the uh, multiplier effect in the Turkish Cypriot economy is going to be very low. Mm-hmm. You know, just mm-hmm. the roads that they will be built or whatever is going to be built. So mm-hmm. this is, I think, an, another big issue because with these protocols, we expect that our economy will be strengthened infrastructurally, but at the same time, our economy will develop capacity you know, mm-hmm. develop capacity in running their own, uh, you know, yeah. things and doing things. And so if we don't do these things and if we let others do it, Turkey do it or others, yeah. then how are we going to learn and yeah. do these things? Yeah. 
And if we don't keep the returns from this investment, this money in the country, how are we going to be self-sustained? Yeah. And unfortunately, the uh, portion of such procurements are increasing in recent years. And this mm-hmm. is not, not very, mm-hmm. very good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so I think let's leave it for another time because we've kind of reached our limit. But I, a good good debate discussion to have will be is the is northern cyprus in its current state able to live in in its own means as it were i know you've written papers well, and things on if turkish cypriots decide that we can we we have to live on our own with mm-hmm. by giving up some of their uh, i would not say luxury but some of their what the, the way of life that they have we have mm-hmm. enough funds Uh, we have enough uh, savings that we mm-hmm. can run our economy. But yeah. Turkish mm-hmm. Cypriots have to first uh, say, okay, we have to live on our own, on our own feet, and mm-hmm. we have to be self-sustained and all that. I yeah. think there are uh, economic factors and sources that can enable us to live on our own uh, with uh, sufficient, if not fully sufficient, but enough sources to cover our expenses yeah good okay i think our time's up so um thank you very much for uh well, thank you the for time. the invitation and uh just to close uh figure it is brought to you by island talks it's the only trilingual podcast station of cyprus if you want to help the producers pay for some of the tech side um you know subscriptions and so on none of the money goes to me but you can find patreon or buy me a coffee buttons on islandtalks.fm that's islandtalks.fm under the support us page thank you for listening the first trilingual podcast station of cyprus island talks open diverse free